Guys, thank you so much for having me in your home. Uh, we're again getting affected by the COVID-19 restrictions and, and I really, I actually want to, I feel like God's given me a word that really is just, um, really addresses the, the stuff that goes on, these unexpected things that happen, which can really, can take us out off course if we're not careful um, or if we're not aware that, um, that God's in control. So what I want to do this morning is uh, God gave me a word a little while ago um, as we're actually leading into this week, which... Uh, now, of course, it was God because we had planned to have uh, someone, Mark Godfrey, come, the amazing prophet Mark Godfrey, come sharing with, with our church in person. We just weren't able to do that. We tried so hard to make it happen and we just sort of blocked on every side. But God had already put this word on my heart earlier in the week. So uh, I, I really believe that this is fresh from heaven and it's for you uh, for now and for our church for now. So uh, just get ready to be blessed. Amen. I'm going to pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you know ahead of time what's going on. God, that even though we don't know what's happening, you do. And we're able to put our trust in that, Lord. We're able to put our security in the fact that you know. Amen. Amen. Now, where, when this word dropped into my spirit, I was just in my quiet time and I was reading uh, Exodus. And I was reading the part of Exodus where the Israelites had just come out of the slavery in Egypt, where after all of the hassle of uh, the, with the plagues, when they're trying to get out, and, and Moses has approached Pharaoh saying, let my people go. Uh, that's such a famous line. And, and, and Pharaoh's like, no, and there's the backwards and forth, and there's the plagues, and there's the frogs, and there's the flies, and there's the hail, and all of these different things. And finally, they're out. They're finally released, and, uh, and they're on their way. And then we uh, pick up the story in Exodus 14, uh, chapter 9, where you've got to picture this. They've just come out of slavery, not just slavery, generations of slavery, 400 years of slavery, it tells us. And, we're like, and they're finally out. They're on their way. They've, they've, they've got from their homes what they're able to carry. They've, uh, <laughs> and, but they're finally starting out on this new journey of life. They're camping maybe for the first time. And as one nation, they're moving, we think maybe there's like two or three million people even as in this one massive convoy. And they get to a point where we take it up in 14.9, Exodus 14.9. says, The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi, Herath, opposite Baal, Zephon. So what had happened was, even though Pharaoh had let them go, he'd reneged. And he was like, he got all of his tra chariots together and he was like, we're getting them back. All of our slave labor is gone. We realize this is leaving a massive deficit in our, um, in our workforce and we need to, to, to get our slaves back. So he sent out these, his army to, to capture the Israelites and bring them back. And so as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And, uh, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to die in the desert? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So we look here in, in verse 10. It says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. It was in verse 10 we see here that they realized they're in trouble. But what I want us to see is that God knew beforehand. 
not just that the trouble was ha- going to happen, but he had it, the problem solved before the problem happened. So we look at, let's look at, we jump to the start of chapter 14, and I don't want you to see this. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Horoth uh, between Migdol and the sea. I'm probably butchering those names, but you get the idea. They are to encamp by uh, by the sea opposite Baal Zephron. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So what we're seeing here is in verse 10, the Israelites realized they had a problem. But in verse 1, God solved the problem. God had the problem solved before the Israelites realized they had a problem. And I just wonder with our lives, how how often are we in verse 10 and we think it's verse 1? I mean, it's very human for us to think that the world revolves around us and our perception of reality is what is. Uh, It's actually quite juvenile and childlike, but well, you know, the, the Bible does call us children in a lot of ways. But we're at this point where it's like we lift up our eyes we have a realization moment like the israelites had in verse 10 oh no things are going wrong and we feel like it's so easy to fall into this trap we feel like the problem has just occurred and then it says that they cried out to god they attacked their leader they gossiped they whinged they complained they thrashed and kicked about their problem in verse 10 but god had it solved in verse 1 It was solved in verse 1. How often are we sitting in verse 10 not realizing that in verse 1, God already solved our problem? If we actually were able to recognize that, to step back and see things from God's perspective, it would totally reframe the way we process the moment. See, what God was wanting to do was to use that experience to not only help the Israelites get from where they were going, where they were to where they needed to go, but to make sure Pharaoh could never take them back again. He was using it not just to promote them. He was using it to decimate and totally destroy the thing that had held them back in the first place. He wasn't looking to just promote. He was looking to close the door on a season. So I think as you know, we were, I felt a little blindsided uh, when uh, the we had the, the lockdown first called and I was like, oh no, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to just go into church. I, I love, you know, I love the prophetic. I love um, Mark Godfrey and just, I was, look, I was excited for, I was excited for this weekend. Melissa and I were thrilled for this weekend and, you know, Mark's talking to us and he's like, I've got a word for your church. And he told us a little bit and it's so exactly spot on and it's so now for us. And, and I just couldn't wait to, to be able to, for all of us to be together and worship and be ministered to in that way. And then verse 10 in my life, God, what? And, but God had the problem solved in verse one. Remember I said that I had this word for no, I just had a word, this word pop up in my spirit before we were told we weren't be able to meet. I had this word pop up in my spirit before we knew that we were going to be joining online rather than in the house. God knew. So we're able to take out, take a step back in the crisis moment. And yes, we experienced the, the, you know, the discomfort. 
but we're to process it through the filter that God has already solved the problem. Amen? Amen. So if we're able to process that God has the problem solved before we have the problem, we can actually take it a step further because there's a principle in the Bible. And as I was out praying and, and meditating this morning before coming to preach this word, I, I clearly had God speak to me. He said, a restoration and restitution. And I'm like, okay, thanks God, because then all of a sudden I've got to change my message around after I thought I had it down. But remember, I'm living from verse 10. God's in verse 1. And, and so we're able to just sort of just be able to, re- we're able to stay on our toes walking with God because we know He's always operating from verse 1. Even when we're starting life in verse 10, He's always operating from verse 1. So when He said it to me, I'm like, okay, God, yeah, I'm here and I'm, I'm, I, I, I trust you. And, and he started to speak to me and minister to me about the, this, these two words, restoration and restitution. Now, restoration means to, to, to bring back to normal, but restitution means to be paid back for things that were done wrong to you. So to restore is to recover and to be, and restitution is where you're actually, uh, where, where you're paid for the, what you've been through, compensated for what you've been through. And, and, I, I, and, and so I'm, we're going to talk about, Processing a season of disappointment, processing a season of discomfort, processing a season of pain and realizing that God, from verse 1, saw the pain, saw the breakthrough, but then also planned a time for restoration and restitution. These are appointed times. In verse 1, God appointed a time that would come to pass. But then he, he also appointed a time for restoration and restitution. And, and uh, this is what I want us to see. Okay, so we were talking about verse 1 and verse 10. Well, we can take this way back. So that, that's a matter of weeks or day, that's a matter of days or hours, that conversation between verse 1 and verse 10. Now we're going back 400 years, longer, longer than 400 years. We're going back uh, probably about five or 600 years. And what we're able to start to look at is a conversation God had with Abraham way before the Israelites ever went to Egypt, way before then. And, and this is a conversation that God had with Abraham, the grandfather of, uh, the great grandfather rather, of Joseph, who, who the story we know about the Israelites going into, uh, in, into Egypt. So this is so long beforehand. And this is the conversation he had with him. He says, Then the Lord said to him, talking about Abraham, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions. God had already scheduled their restitution. God had scheduled their rescue, he'd scheduled their restoration, and he'd scheduled their restitution hundreds of years before. So as these guys have come out, and let's, let's actually look how they've come out. Uh, the Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver, gold, and clothing. Uh, the Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. To really understand that, they carried away virtually the full wealth of Egypt. As they've left, they've carried the full wealth of the people of Egypt. And so this was God already starting to provide restitution for 400 years of slavery. He's actually paying the, back paying them. 
He was back paying these people for the work that not just that they'd done for no pay, that their fathers and their fathers and their mothers and their grandfathers and their grandmothers and their great grandparents and their, for 400, uh, for 400 years, he was paying them for that. It was restitution for a season of pain that they had been through for generations. And that's God. So when God restores, he doesn't just put back to as good as it used to be. He, <laughs> that's not his way. God is always, he always does it better. The perfect picture is when Adam and Eve uh, in the Garden of Eden, they, they rebelled against God and they, they fell from grace. And, and, and instead of making us like they were, what God did as his, restor- his restoration of us was he made us like Christ. And he actually elevated us above to the life Adam and Eve had to the life that Christ has. So that, that's, his, that, that's his measure. That's the way he does things. But what we need to be doing is I believe that this is a prophetic word that God is taking us into a season of restoration and restitution. And I want to show you uh, just through scripture how, how this works. Uh, so this is just talking about the basic law. And, and we, we can look at the law as a list of do's and don'ts in the Bible. And then to a degree, it, it is that. But also a lot of it is instructional. And it's actually just dealing with process and it's dealing with the way things should be. And this is um, one, one of those sort of situations. It says, anyone who steals must certainly make restoration. Uh, restitution, this is, I'm starting from Exodus 22, 3 and the second half of it. Anyone who steals must certainly make restitution. But if they have nothing, they must be sold to pay for their theft. If the stolen animal is found alive in their possession, whether ox or donkey or sheep, they must pay back double. So what this is saying here is that the one who steals must provide restitution. And that if it's a situation where it can be restored, so remember the word that God's given us is restoration, restoration and restitution. If it can be restored, there is the rest, restoration plus uh, the, rest, the same volume again in restitution. So it's double. But you might be saying to me, it's like, well, Jacob, I've been through, like, some, some of you might have lost people that were dear to you. And you're like, well, God, how, how can that be restored? That's gone. It might be a marriage where uh, the, the other person's moved on, they've remarried. That's not coming back. You're not going to get... You know, there's situations, maybe a business went bankrupt and, and it's gone or it just certain things are gone. Well, that's actually good news in the economy of God's restitution. Let, let, let's keep reading. So whoever steals an ox uh, or sheep and slaughters it or sells it, what's that mean? It's gone. It, it, the, the particular item can't be recovered. The particular thing of value cannot be restored. Must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four for the sheep. What it's saying is that if it's a situation where it can't be restored, the restitution is 500, uh, 500% or 400% on what was lost. That, that's, and, but you got to, this is where we, where we, where again, we're getting to the point where we have to lean on God because in the law here is saying that the thief has to restore that. But, we aren't under the law. We are under grace. We're in a, in a different covenant with God. Where So what this means is we don't look to the thief to restore what has been stolen to us. I'll show you. Uh, the, moving into Deuteronomy, and this is talking about the blessing. Because remember, we're in this, this 
we, we worked right through Genesis the last four weeks and I had a tremendous time going through that series. I learned so much and I, um, and I just love that. But the, my big takeaway was the blessing. And, and this is talking about that blessing further. And so it's talking about when we're in, under the blessing. It says, then the Lord, your God, will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from the nations he scattered you. It says, God will restore it's not saying the thief will restore. It's saying God will restore. And we see this best in uh, the, the story of Job, where Job had, uh, he got robbed on a heap of fronts. He, he got physically robbed. He had pe- people come and raid his uh, his farm and steal his valuables. He uh, lost his children. He lost his health. He lost his position. He lost, so, he lost everything. And then and this is this is what the, how the scripture talks about his restitution. It doesn't say that the people who came, I think it was the Midianites, it doesn't say they came in and, and restored back twice. It, it says this, it says, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. It says the Lord did that. Even though it was the enemy that stole, killed and destroyed, it says the Lord restored. So we're actually able to turn our attention to the Lord restoring. So in our crisis, we're at this point where we've got to be remembering that as much as there's an appointed time for the breakthrough in the crisis, for the freedom, there's a there's a appointed time for the restitution. There's a, an appointed time for not just the the recovery, but for the restitution. It means if you've been through stuff, God has your restoration and your restitution stored up for you to, to be released to you at an appointed time. We we saw with uh, with the Israelites. Hundreds of years before, God says, yeah, on this day, uh, and you know, it's an amazing thing is it says to the very day that, that they were released, that they went away, that God had his appointed time nailed down over hundreds of years to the very day. And um, and I've had that experience, but we, we can go, and I'll talk about that in a little while. So it's okay, Jacob, but... Some of us have been through stuff and, and some of you did not get the upbringing you'd hoped you would or you should have got. And, it, you know, you sort of look at your childhood and you say, my, my childhood was stolen, Jacob. And I can look back at my teenage years and, and my teenage years were stolen. And yeah, there was some through some poor choices on other people's behalf, but it was also through a lot of poor choices on my behalf and how I responded to what was going on. But I lost a lot of years. And it wasn't just a lot of years of fun and experience that I should have had. It was also a formative and developmental stuff where I just didn't learn stuff I should have been learning at that age. And, and it's just like, and so what do we do about that? Or so, well, Jacob, I was, I, gave my, I was married to this person for 30 years and, and, and now they've gone. And, then, and what, that, that's 30 years that I, my, the best of my life I've given to that person. Well, the scripture actually says that God will restore and provide restitution even for the years. Let me read from you from the prophet Joel in chapter 2. He says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. And uh, the King James Version says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen. So uh, the two things I want to draw from here. The first thing is that time that God is able to restore time. God is able to restore time. The second thing is, it doesn't matter if somebody else did it or if you did it. 
I love here how there's multiple locusts described as the great locust, the young locust, the other locusts, the locust swarm. So like for me, for my, my teenage years, I was describing earlier, yeah, yeah, it was some poor choices other people made and, um, and just different people that were around me that I was looking to as an influence and also just me just being and doing some dumb stuff and you got some really serious consequences for that. But what we found is that there were multiple factors and God didn't, doesn't just say, well, I'll restore what other people have did to you, but you've got to own your own stuff. No, it says that I'll restore from this. I'll restore the years from this. I'll restore the years from that. I'll restore the years from this. And just across the board. And a really great personal example that I was able to, 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 to show from this one was when I was, so when I'm talking about those teenage years, I didn't go to school. Um, the last year I passed in school was year eight. I went through, I got expelled from two high schools. I actually went through to finish year 11. I think I walked out of class uh, with a cigarette while I was in class and got expelled for the second time. And I just wasted my time and I was just a distraction to everybody. And I, I literally had no education from high school. And which is a serious setback for time. And then when I was at, you know, I got mixed up in drugs and all the wrong stuff and ended up down at Adult and Teen Challenge when I was 21 years old. And, you know, I met Jesus. He radically changed my life. And I had the dream to become a minister. In my heart, I felt from pretty much from the almost right when I first turned my life over to God, the, the call to preach the gospel. And I couldn't see how it would happen. I, I wanted to go, I thought, okay, well, the logical step is Bible college and study and, and go down the process of working on a youth team and then becoming a youth pastor and like that. And then what actually happened was, God called me to work in a a rehab and then called me out of that to work in a warehouse. And then, then I got a phone call asking me to pastor our church. I was the youngest pastor in our movement. I was was 26, 27 years old when I was, when I became the the lead pastor at our church and pastor Malcolm was the senior pastor, but I was doing running the church at, at 20, 26, 27 years old. And it was like God just went boom. And all of the years that I wasted were just made up. There were guys who had done the right stuff for so long and went through the process. And God just supernaturally restored those years and promoted me past where those guys were at. And we got to believe that God can even restore the years. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to get some nuts and bolts stuff to it. Sometimes God will just do it. Sometimes it will be a situation like the Israelites and it was just time where the appointed time was and God said, right, Pharaoh, let my children go, let my people go. And there was that big process and mainly the key players were Pharaoh and Moses and God just sort of just divinely stepped in and transformed a nation's circumstances and that's sort of in my mind maybe we look at things like this covid crisis that that's the sort of thing where we're gonna we we know that god has an appointed time for this nation to get us to a place where this is no longer something that affects our lives severely like this but then there's a lot there are other situations where it's personal like we spoke before about how uh, when God provided restitution and restoration, uh, the restitution, more of the restitution aspect to the people when they left, he said to the, uh, Moses said to them, go and ask your neighbors, go and ask the Egyptians for this stuff. Go ask them for the gold and the silver and their clothing. 
and then they took it away and took it with them. So they actually had a part to play. Can I just say that the ones who didn't ask their neighbours for stuff, I'm guessing they didn't take anything with them. They had a part to play. You have a part to play in your restitution, uh, in, in receiving your restitution, in receiving your uh, restoration. Like, like me, for example, with, with that example I used with God restoring the years, I was still doing a lot of the right stuff through the journey. And I want to talk... Um, I want to talk about that because this is critical stuff where we have a part to play. So let me just show you. <laughs> In uh, Exodus chapter 8 and verse 8, this is, we're back in the stage where Moses and Pharaoh are having their backwards and forwards about leaving. Now, I just want to show you how God works. It says, Pharaoh summoned uh, Moses and Aaron and said, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, I will leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your house may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said, Moses replied, it will be as you say. So that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials and your people, and they will remain only in the Nile. The way God dealt with Pharaoh is he said, when do you want the frogs to go? When do you want your restoration? And he says the same to you and me. When do you want it? And if you're anything like me, Yesterday, when else? But it doesn't work like that because you remember we're dealing with appointed times and there is an appointed time for your deliverance and then there's an appointed time for your restoration and then there is an appointed time for your restitution. So what we'll see is that the restitution does not come before the restoration. The restitution doesn't come before the breakthrough. It doesn't work like that. And what I want us to see is that the way we handle the crisis can severely affect us stepping into that appointed time. Um, I used the example before about uh, that, that dream God put in my heart to preach the gospel. And how I was working, in, for a season I was working in a warehouse doing laboring. And I remember through that season, God said to me, uh, I was telling God, God, this sucks. I don't want to do this. This sucks. This sucks. And then, and then God just so clearly spoke to me and he said, Jacob, what do you want? And before that, I said, as I told you earlier, that I worked uh, at, uh, at the drug rehab. It was Adult Teen Challenge uh, Drug Rehab. And as I was going into that season, I was like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to take this position? Do you not want me to take this position? Because I remember I'm thinking Bible college and all of this. And, and you know what God said to me? He said, Jacob, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And then this is where it got really interesting, especially as we're dealing with appointed times. I said, well, I would like to work for Adult and Teen Challenge. I, re I just I had a real heart to give back. They'd done so much for me and, I, and a real heart to give back. And I said, so God, what I would really like, though, is I would like a certain role within the, the program. Um, and I would like to 
start on a particular day um, and which was before you know it, it was it was a particular day which and um, and then sure enough I had the the boss down there the, the center director down there came up to me and said Jacob uh, we'd love you to come on staff I was an intern at the time he said we'd love you to come on staff um, he says but the thing is is um, we, well, I need you to do this role, which is the exact role that I spoke to God saying I wanted. He said, but the thing is, is we, we, we don't want you to start until this day. And I'll the day was the exact day I put before God. So fast forward a little bit further, I'm working in this warehouse and I'm like, God, I hate this. This sucks. This sucks. And, and then what God started to ask me, he said, okay, Jacob, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I spelled out this job that I wanted. I wanted to still work with uh, people um, affected by addiction. I still wanted to, I still wanted to be giving back to Adult and Teen Challenge. I wanted to study. Still, my dream was to to grow in my uh, in my gift to preach the gospel to understand the word better. And and what I found was that that this job didn't exist. It, this job just didn't exist. And I and I put all these things together. I wanted to write. I wanted to be able all these different things. And then and that was it. And then a little while later, I was still miserable. And Mel's like, Jacob, you just need to set in a certain amount of time. I need you just to commit to a certain amount of time. And then that's all. Uh, and I was like, all right, one year. I will work here for one more year. And then I remember how earlier I said that I was called to ask to come over and pastor the church. It was one year to the day that I set that. We had the ability to set the times we have the ability to appoint the times for our restitution. We have the ability to appoint, appoint the times for our breakthrough. You might say, how is this possible? Well, it's quite clear you're created in the image of God. God does it, therefore you do it. And there are certain things that God is not waiting to appoint because he's waiting for you to appoint. And to take it a step further, the way that we go through the pain, and, and Pastor Mel spoke about it so so perfectly as she was teaching um, on through Genesis in the life of Joseph, was it's shining where you are. And so this is another little amazing key that I, I learned was so as I was working in that warehouse job, I hated it. And remember, and I, and I didn't do a very good job of it. I actually did a I did. A, I didn't do a good job of it because I, I dragged my feet. I just didn't want to be there and all of this. And then one day, I actually thought. You know what? If I'm going to be in a warehouse, I'm going to be the best warehouse guy that I can be. And three days after that, I got the phone call. Three days. Now, fast forward, you know, a bunch of years and, uh, you know, we're, Melissa and I are pastoring the church here. But uh, a lot of you will know that I've stepped off staff and at the church where we and, and are doing itinerant ministry and speaking in schools and all these different things that I really believe that God's called me to. And then this COVID's come and it's just scuttled it. And then all of a sudden I find myself in a position where I can't go and work in schools. I, I, people aren't calling in many guest preachers and I'm in this position where, okay, what do I do? And again, I find myself in a situation where I'm called to do a job that's outside of my my area of passion, my area where I feel I'm called to. But as I'm doing this job, I'm very, very, very aware that how I handle this season will matter greatly for how for when God releases me into my next season. So the job that I'm doing now, I work with uh, people with special needs 
And, and, and I can just tell you, before every session, I'm, I'm praying, Lord, help me be a blessing to this person. Lord, help me be able to serve them. Lord, help me to be able to, to, to help them fulfill their goals and to do the things that they need to do to get to move forward in their lives. Because I know that how I handle this season is, it, it is critical for my future. It's critical for me to step into my appointed time. So what I want us to really recognize right here is that God has an appointed time for you. He's an appointed time for your breakthrough. He has an appointed time for your restoration. And he has an appointed time for your restitution. So while we're sitting here in whatever stage of life you're in, feeling like the world's about to end or feeling like the crisis is at its worst, remember, you're in verse 10. God solved the problem, planned the breakthrough in verse 1. He had already done it. And so we're in a situation where we, we understand that even though we're dealing with everything and we have to have our feet on the ground, where God has got the problem, got the situation totally in hand. And our job is to handle now right, knowing that we can put our full faith and confidence in Him. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to um, seal this word because I believe that it's a prophetic word. I believe that as we actually access this by faith, people are going to see and enter into that season of restoration and restitution. So just um, just, just bow your heads and pray with me. Just before I pray for that specific need, I just want to speak to, to some people here who, who you, you would be saying to me, Jacob, I, I, I never made that decision to, to follow God. You're talking about uh, restoration and, and these appointed times, and, and I, I need that. Um, and I just and I need to say your first step is to, is to put God first. And, and I just would like to, to invite you to, to follow me in a simple prayer. It's simple in speech, but it's powerful in the, in the spirit. And, uh, and what that prayer is, is, is actually is a commitment to follow Jesus, to put him first in your life. And I believe from that, you will enter in to the first, uh, your, your first step or your first appointed time. So uh, I just invite you just to follow after me. Repeat after me. Uh, Dear God, today I choose to follow you. Please forgive me for living life my own way. Help me to live life the way you, uh, you, you call me to. Restore my life. From today forwards, I live for you in Jesus' name. I'm just going to pray for all of us and we'll seal that message. Lord, we just, I just prophesy restoration and restitution. I just speak to some of the people who are in extreme pain right now, extreme emotional pain. The disappointment has been so great. You, you, you think you can't take it anymore, but I declare that there is an appointed time so that your breakthrough is near. And on the other side of your breakthrough, there is restoration, there is restitution. God will not only make sure you come through it, he makes, he'll make sure you are better off for it. He will make the enemy pay. He will cause you to shine. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Have an amazing week and everything going well. We'll be back in the building next Sunday.